0: Good morning, morning. and welcome on this, well, rather wet and dark Sunday. Uh, Everyone has permission to pull out your cell phones, because I know the church feels a little dark this morning, and use your flashlights to see the print. Uh, At this time, I invite those who are able to please stand, and for everyone to join in singing robustly hymn 690, it's found in our blue hymnal. on the front page of our service booklet, and for those who wish to follow in the prayer book, it begins on page 355. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, not to be anxious about earthly things, but to love things heavenly. And even now, while we are placed among things that are passing away, to hold fast to those that shall endure. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated for the readers.
1: This is from Jonah, third chapter 10 through 411. A reading from the prophet Jonah. When God saw the people of Nineveh did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to tarnish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city the Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind. And the sun beat down on the head of Jonah, so that he was faint and asked that he might not die. He said, is it better for me to die than to live? But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, You're concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 people who do not know their right hand from their left and also many animals. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God.
1: Second reading is from Philippians 1, chapter 1, 21 through 30. A reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians. To me, living is Christ, and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which I prefer. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel. And you are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing, for he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well, since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now here that I still have. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. As you are comfortable, please stand and let us join in singing hymn 411, found in the blue hymnal. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into the vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, And he said to them why are you standing here idle all day they said to him because no one has hired us he said to them you also go into the vineyard when evening came the owner of the vineyard said to his manager call the laborers and give them their pay beginning with the last than going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I chose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Thank you.
2: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I had quite the punk rock phase in my youth, as did many in the early 2000s. In fact, there were several Christian punk rock bands at that time. The driving, crashing drums, the blaring power chords on those electric guitars, and those lyrics that they would spit out so quickly that knowing any of them was a sign that you were a true follower of the band. In one band called Reliant K, a ragtag bunch of punk rock Presbyterians, yes, God makes those, I saw them in concert at least six times, probably more. I was quite devoted. And of all the hours worth of lyrics I have lodged in this head, taking up a lot of real estate in my brain, One line has proven to be very instructive through all of these years. And it's a quick one, and it's tagged at the end of a verse, and it's easy to miss whenever this long-haired lead sings, the beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair. (laughs) The beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair. I'd say that's some profundity coming from a bunch of punk kids, huh? And does it make anyone here a little itchy, that idea? That somehow grace and fairness don't really play well together all the time? Because we often hear things like, grace is a gift. Grace is freely given to us by God. And these are easier ideas for us to digest because they're a little sweeter. But the idea that grace makes life unfair, I might have to chew on that one for a little bit longer. Maybe you do too. And just when we might want to chalk this up to just some bad punk rock theology, we have to contend with the parable that Jesus shared with us today. It's another one of his stories that illustrates how the kingdom of God, the reality that Jesus is trying to usher continually into our world, how that reality is not the same as the one we're in now, and how it won't meet the same expectations that we have now, and sometimes that will be to our great offense. In the story, the vineyard owner takes absolutely no issue at all with paying everyone the same wage for having worked a vastly different number of hours. And that sounded just as maddening to the original hearers as it does to most of us today. And so we should probably see that reaction as a common human reaction, not so much as one of a critique of capitalism or the outcomes of our economy now. The owner first pays the workers who were the last to start their work, and he pays them a full day's wage. Generous. And if we, weren't on, if we weren't the other workers, we would probably hear this story and say, yeah, that's good, that's generous, we should do that. It might even be a good example of a Christian virtue. But as this pay line continues, and especially if we situate ourselves in the story, which we're supposed to do in the parables, and especially if we see ourselves as hard-working people near the, end, the other end of that line, the ones who have been here all day, and then everyone's given the same wage for the day's work, that's when the grumbling starts to go. To which the owner, Jesus, retorts, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last the same as I give to you, and am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I'm generous? Yikes. Stories like these make it a little easier for me to understand why Jesus got into so much trouble so often. Now with this parable, we can wrestle with it in two levels, and we should be wrestling with it. That is the fateful thing to do with parables. But we can wrestle with it on the literal and the metaphorical level here. Literally speaking, there's no part of this story where anyone says that anyone else worked harder than anybody else, just that some worked longer because they were given the opportunity to start their work earlier, and that they agreed to a usual day's wage. And that wage might have been a livable wage at the time, But we can pretty safely assume that it was not a fat stack of easy cash for anyone involved. And this was the kind of money that people needed to stay alive. It was a sustenance wage. So regardless of the hours worked, this vineyard owner saw to it that people had what they needed. He was less interested in what they might have deserved from a comparative point. And so metaphorically speaking, God is, of course the vineyard owner here. And what God is paying, per se, does not seem to be based on how hard or even how long anyone has been working for God. Some, it would seem, had the opportunity to start this work earlier, sure. But at the end of the day, in God's vineyard, showing up to do the work at all is what gets you the day's wage showing up will ensure that we have what we need because God is generous and that's a full stop God gives us what we need not what we deserve and another word for that is grace and it's not fair and thank God for that because remember that getting what we deserve can actually go one of two different ways so while milling over this parable this week with some friends at school, one of my friends, exasperated, threw her, hair, her head back and said something like this. I like to think about grace as a really big pie because I love pie. And God's just doling, doling, doling out these slices of pie, not asking questions, not worrying about how much pie anyone else already has, And every time God takes a slice from that pie, it magically grows back into a whole pie. Because it's God, and God is not going to run out of pie. More profundity there, where we don't expect it, I think. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. And that's especially good news for us today. Because that means God is not addicted to a scarcity mindset like we tend to be. And that means that God is not fixated on comparing blessings like we tend to do. And most importantly, that means that God is not trapped in a cycle of worrying about who does and who doesn't deserve grace like we tend to do. The God of the universe is the ultimate arbiter of grace, not us. Which is all the more reason to be in complete awe when we are invited to God's table over and over and over again. And there is a clear invitation here, my friends, from Jesus, a scandalous invitation, but a clear one, to loosen this death grip on these ideas of fairness and to make more room for grace, which will make life less fair, but it will also make
0: it much more beautiful. Amen. As you are comfortable, please stand and please join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty,
3: Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy.
0: Hear our prayer.
3: Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy.
0: Hear our prayer.
3: Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy.
0: Hear our prayer.
3: Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours, and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy.
0: Hear our prayer.
3: Comfort and heal all who suffer in body, mind or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy.
0: Hear our prayer.
3: We commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled, and pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy.
0: Hear our prayer.
3: In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for Tom and Kim Hanson, Dave and Angel Hilliard, and John and Susan Hines. Lord, in your mercy.
0: Hear, Hear our prayer.
3: In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for all choirs and Sunday schools that are starting back to their mission this fall. Lord, in your mercy.
0: Hear, Hear our prayer. And this morning, we remember, especially, and pray for the repose the soul of John T. Piccioni, OFM, and for Shirley Toole. I ask, go ask your prayers for all who have been impacted by storm Odelia and those who are affected by the flooding. Hasten, O oh Father, the coming of your kingdom, and grant that we, your servants who now live by faith, may with joy behold your Son at his coming in glorious majesty, even Jesus Christ, our only mediator and advocate. Amen The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Please be seated for the announcements.
4: Good morning, folks. My name is Ron Cowie, Senior Warden. Yay. Yeah, look out, folks. Um, first off, thanks to everyone who showed up for the church supper and a lot of nice things said about the chicken dish. It's chicken marbella from the Silver Palette Cookbook. I will post the recipe. It's really easy, and you're right, it tastes great. It is good. Uh, and our next church supper is gonna be October 19th, and you'll find out what that's all about. But that's not in the announcements, that's just all about me and my needs. Um, <laughs> the parish directory is updated, and if you check on the email that you got you can just click and there's a link to the PDF I believe Um, and you'll get to see all your if you're new or if you're just like you know I see a lot of faces and you don't remember who they are it's good to kind of have that on hand and just not be embarrassed Um, I don't have that problem (laughs) he lied in church Uh, next week is the blessing of the animals so bring your dog bring your cat I have a ball python that I might slip at Craig just to freak him out, Uh, but it's going to be a 1015, a morning prayer service, and it's a lot of fun, and it's a great kind of opening of the church to our furry and scaled and whatever friends. Uh, And also on the 14th, this is open to everyone, I believe it's in the announcements, um, communication workshop with Bill Condreth. It's about having difficult conversations and kind of learning how to talk with each other in a, in a healthy and safe way and you know, kind of grow together. And it's a good important thing to do. I might need to take it myself. Um, also, on the 28th, making your last wishes known. And this is kind of like a, a thing that John and Sue Hines have kind of put together. It's about estate planning. It's about kind of getting things sorted out. Um, there is going to be a part about it. if you're wondering what to do with some of that stock portfolio or whatever. The church is here, but it's not. It's not a. It's not a big ask. It, it's like if you haven't done your estate planning yet, or you're thinking about it. This is kind of a really good plan. We're going to have people from outside the church coming in—a lawyer, or a funeral director, all that stuff. It's good stuff to know. Um, and by the way, I love kids in church. They kind of. <laughs> I think they kind of channel all of our. Collective squirmies, so it's not their fault. It's our fault that we're not at peace with the Lord, you know um, Also, oh There's this save the date D squared to D cubed on D not December 9th That's a uh, is it still a mystery or it's still a mystery. It's still a mystery. Still a mystery. You'll Sounds have to come to yet. church to find out um And the coffee thing went away. Bible studies are back. um, Wednesdays at noon via Zoom, and Thursdays at seven p.m. And those are fun. Bible. Um, I think that's all I got. Is that? Oh, are there any other joys and concerns? And yes. Zoe. Hi again. I want to say thank you all for
5: attending the training with Grant this morning. It was such a to uh, help us as to getting up on that open and reading. Um, The Christian women have been told that they need a lot of reading, a lot of uh, in-service, a lot of uh, um, training. So as we spread the news, so Father Great and he's trying to get people to come in and help with their, uh, and yeah, trainees, please look out and participate so that you can be able uh, to be part of the ministry of the church. So again, I want to say thanks to everyone who was here today. And again, my like, biggest thank you again to Greg, who did a wonderful job in um, teaching us and treating us uh, how to uh, get on the pulpit and and take some of the anxieties and fears along. So again, please, uh, call and join their Christian group and come in and let's try to figure out how we can be able to serve the ministry of the church. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you, Zoe. Anything else from the, uh, yes, Nancy? You know it, I know slow it. Slow.
0: I do. And I have to I think we have a time.
4: Thanks, Nancy. Anything else? All right. a, little, a little thing that she just triggered, it, it reminded me, you know, we always wonder well, how does God talk to us or whatever? And for me, and I think for Nancy too, it all starts with, you know what might be fun? <laughs> and it's not, you know, it's not a big lightning bolt, but said, you know what might be fun is to make fried chicken for 50 people, October 19th. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Ron. Uh, and again, thank you to Drake for a wonderful homily this morning as well, and to everyone who's helping out this morning, especially some of our tag team ushering. Uh, just to emphasize D squared to D cubed on D9, put your fingers in your ears, Drake, because uh, more information will be coming out. It won't be official until after Drake has met with the Commission on Ministry next week, so please keep him in your prayers for that. And, um, We'll get more information about the day, the event. Uh, Angel, can you wave your hand? Angel Hilliard is going to help out with the um, hospitality, so she'll be organizing that. And um, we will be getting information about um, for those who wish to participate in purchasing a gift for Drake in honor of his ordination to the diaconate. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us in offering and sacrifice to God. Our service continues with Eucharistic Prayer C, that begins on page 369 for those who are following in the Book of Common Prayer. The Lord be with you, and say,
2: we
0: lift up your hearts, we lift up let us give thanks to the Lord our God,
6: it is right.
0: give God of all power, ruler of the universe. YOU ARE WORTHY OF GLORY AND PRAISE. GLORY TO YOU FOREVER AND EVER. AT YOUR COMMAND ALL THINGS CAME TO BE, THE VAST EXPANSE OF INTERSTELLAR SPACE, GALAXIES, SUNS, THE PLANETS IN THEIR COURSES, AND THIS FRAGILE EARTH, OUR ISLAND HOME. BY YOUR WILL THEY WERE CREATED AND HAVE THEIR BEING. FROM THE PRIMAL ELEMENTS YOU BROUGHT FORTH THE HUMAN RACE, and blessed us with memory, reason, and skill. You made us the rulers of creation, but we turned against you and betrayed your trust, and we turned against one another. Have mercy, Lord, for we are sinners in your sight. Again and again you called us to return. Through prophets and sages you revealed your righteous law. And in the fullness of time, you sent your only Son, born of a woman, to fulfill your law, to open for us the way of freedom and peace. By his blood, he reconciled us. By his wounds, we are healed. And therefore, we praise you, joining with the heavenly chorus, with prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and with all those in every generation, Who have looked to you in hope to proclaim with them your glory in their unending hymn. so father we who have been redeemed by him and made a new people by water and the spirit now bring before you these gifts sanctify them by your holy spirit to be the body and blood of jesus christ our lord on the night he was betrayed he took bread said the blessing broke the bread and gave it to his friends and said take Eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, gave thanks, and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering now his work of redemption and offering to you this sacrifice of thanksgiving, we celebrate his death and resurrection as we await the day of his coming. Lord God of our fathers, God of Abraham, isaac and jacob lord god of our mothers god of sarah rebecca rachel and leah god and father of our lord jesus christ open our eyes to see your hand at work in the world about us deliver us from the presumption of coming to this table for solace only and not for strength for pardon only And not for renewal let the grace of this holy communion make us one body one spirit in christ that we may worthily serve the world in his name risen lord be known to us in the breaking of the bread accept these prayers and praises father through jesus christ our great high priest to whom with you and the holy spirit Your church gives honor, glory, and worship from generation to generation. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his son Jesus Christ our Lord and the blessing of God Almighty the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always amen Amen. please stand as you're able and join in singing hymn 344 found in the blue hymnal Thanks be to God.